Hey, spooky mamas. I hope everyone has had a great week and holy shit, you guys, we have six days left till Christmas. I hope everyone has had their Christmas shopping done. And if you're a last minute shopper like me, I hope you're able to get that done in the next few days. Um, I somehow managed to get all my shopping done for my little monsters and my family. Um, I'm just liking the stocking stuffers, so I am good. How is everybody going to celebrate Christmas this year? My little monsters and I obviously will be celebrating with the fat man Santa, but we are traveling back to Mississippi to see family and we are honestly so impatient and we're just waiting to get there. We're, we've just missed our family. So it's going to be a nice little road trip. Oh my gosh, guys, if you hear any booms, I live like six minutes away from Dollywood and they do fireworks each weekend. Um, so you can hear it at my house like it's in the back door, but it's not. It's, it's, a few, it's a few miles down the road, but if you hear any booms, it's just Dolly celebrating. So we will be discussing Christmas around the world in times past. So let's just kind of jump into our first little monster, Krampus. Krampus originated in Germany, and the word Krampus in German means claw. According to legend, Krampus is a half-goat, half-demon. Um, he is a son of hell who is a Norse god of the underworld. He is described as horned like the devil with long, thick black fur with cloven hooves for feet. Krampus is thought to have been a pagan ritual dating back to pre-Christianity to celebrate along with the winter solstice. Even though the Catholic Church did try to ban the image and idea of Krampus, he did eventually become associated with Christmas. Krampus is the polar opposite of what we would know today as our fat, jolly Santa Claus. Our Santa is to what we tell our kids behave. Santa Claus can see if you've been good or bad. Be good for Santa, that way you can get your gifts. Krampus is the polar opposite. He instilled fear for little kids. Parents use Krampus for them to behave out of fear. On December the 5th, each year Krampus would arrive. On December the 6th, the kids would go see if Santa Claus left them in anything in their shoe. They were to leave a shoe outside of their bed or outside of their house. And if they've been good, they would have a gift in it. But for the bad kids on December the 5th, Krampus would arrive and he would beat them with sticks. And if they were really bad, he would claw them open with his claws or either he would eat them or drag them to hell. How nice. Austria now today has a Krampus run and I seen that it was canceled this year due to COVID. Um, but people are dressed in big furry demon costumes to be dressed as Santa and they literally have like a run with this. I'm trying to figure out how they breathe and do this in those big furry costumes. Um, I did see pictures and it looks like a fucking rager, y'all. I would love to go to one of these. And Munich, Germany has a huge Krampus parade each winter. And I see that it was canceled this year due to COVID as well. And I see that they may or may not have some Krampus related parade or activity each year in New Orleans. And... I used to go to New Orleans a lot when I lived in Mississippi, and I'm unaware of that, so I'm not quite sure. But look into the Krampus runs, and if this makes it over there um, in Germany or Austria or European countries, and you have partaken in any of the Krampus runs or activities or have been to watch, hit me up on Instagram. I want to know how it's like. Send pictures, anything. Our next little monster we're talking about is Grala. 
Now, there are two different tales of Gryla. Um, one where she is a mountain witch, but the widely known tale of Gryla is her being a troll. And at one point, she was described as a giantess as well. And usually trolls are not known to be giants, so it is a little differing. Um, depends on where you research at. Either way, Gryla originates from Iceland. She was first mentioned in the 13th century from Norse mythology, but she was later associated with Christmas around the 17th century. Lore has it that Gryla collects whispers of misbehaved children throughout the year, and then during the winter months, she goes around Iceland collecting the misbehaved children. She kidnaps the horrible children, and she puts them into a sack. Um, she takes them back to her cave, and she cooks all the bad Icelandic children in a giant stew. And this huge giant stew is supposed to last her till the next winter when she goes collecting the horrible Icelandic children. And then you can't talk about Gryla without talking about her 13 sons. And if you've ever heard about them or ever heard the name, you'll lads, that is Gryla's 13 sons. I'm not going to go into each one specifically about what they each do, um, but their names reflect like their traits and their personality. So you get the gist. But it's Sheep Coat Clawed, Gully Gawk, Stubby, Spoon Licker, Pot Scraper, Bowl Licker, Door Slammer, Sky Gobbler, window paper, doorway sniffer, meat hook, and candle stealer. The 13 sons of Gryla were all named after their personalities and traits, like I said. Um, I might dive into this at a later date as far as Gryla and the 13 sons because there's a lot of information that I thought was neat, but I'm just not getting into it tonight. They are described as filthy, unintelligent, humanoid, beast-like creatures. They would terrorize the villages by stealing meat, food, slamming doors, stealing candles, harassment, and practical jokes. I feel like Gryla and her grimy-ass sons need to stay out of my house. And to finish up Iceland, we have one more. The Yule Cat. The Yule Cat is an Icelandic creature as well. It is stated that it would go after not only misbehaved children, but children who didn't get clothes for Christmas. And I'm not exactly sure how that's the children's fault, but what is going on with Iceland? Are all the children bad? I feel like they're just really catching hell over there, and it's kind of unfair, y'all. Now, have we ever wondered how Saint Nick became Santa? Saint Nick was a real man known as Nicholas of Bari, and if I say that wrong, I am sorry. Um... He was a Christian bishop from the city of Myra in Asia Minor, which is now present-day Turkey, and he was alive during the time of the Roman Empire. While not much is known about his early life, we do know he lost both of his parents early. Both of his parents were wealthy, and he inherited that wealth once they passed away. Now, Nicholas did distribute his wealth along the poor and the needy. His big known act was he would leave random gifts to the villagers, uh, especially if it was people who needed or was in need. It, but he did not boast about his actions. He did not tell it like he did not want people to know that it was him leaving the gifts. He did not want the recognition or any type of bragging rights for this. But his big act was he overheard a devout man of faith who lost all of his wealth and was now poor. He couldn't afford dowries for his three daughters, which meant their fate basically was going to result with no marriages and more than likely being forced into prostitution. Nicholas was modest and wanted to help, but he did not want to help publicly. 
So he waited till nighttime and went to the poor man's home. And he threw a bag of gold through the window. The next morning, the poor man arranged a marriage for his first daughter. The first daughter was married off. And then not long after that, Nicholas delivered another bag of gold for the second daughter. And again, the next day, the poor father arranged for a marriage for his second daughter. After the second daughter was married off, Nicholas was returning to deliver a gold sack of coins for the third daughter. Well, the father wanted to know who was delivering these bags of gold. He wanted to say thank you, and he wanted to see who was doing this for him. That's when he seen Nicholas. Nicholas begged him not to tell. Again, he did not want the recognition. He did not want people to know that he was the one delivering the gold for the poor man. Unfortunately, the man did tell people it did get out of there. And at this time, now everyone in the village who had gotten secret gifts in the past was thinking, was this Nicholas who was doing this? This is what made Bishop Nicholas a saint, and he was now known as Saint Nicholas. Unfortunately, he was later exiled from Myra and later put in prison during the Christian persecution. He died on December the 6th. The year is unclear, but it was either 345 or the year 352. And again, like I said, just speaking about Krampus, Krampus was celebrated on December the 5th. December the 6th was the next day, and that was St. Nicholas Day. So this is why that is the date of his death. So how did he become Santa Claus to begin with? Well, by the 16th century, he was Father Christmas in the UK and Northern Europe. And he was delivering gifts at night, just like St. Nick was with the bags of gold. In Austria and Germany, he was a present giver known as Christ Kind, a golden-haired baby with wings similarly symbolizing baby Jesus. In early America, he was Kris Kringle. And when America started to have Dutch settlers arrive, stories came with them from the old country. And the old stories of St. Nicholas mixed with Kris Kringle, and now we have Santa Claus. Now, our Santa Claus is very commercial it's been on, what, postcards, Coca-Cola bottles for, what, the last 100 years or more. Very commercialized, but, you know, celebrate how you want to celebrate. Our last topic I want to touch tonight is the winter solstice. Now, this is something I want to dive deep into. I'm just roughly touching this tonight, but this is something I will dive deep into at a later date, but... Winter solstice began as a festival to honor the god Saturn. The winter solstice varies from year to year, but falls each year between December 20th and December 23rd. And this year, it's on the 21st. It marks the longest night and the shortest day of the year for the Northern Hemisphere. The winter solstice was celebrated pre-Christianity, and the Scandinavian and German societies would have massive bonfires and burn Yule logs as a symbol of welcoming back the light. Cattle would be slaughtered, followed by feasts celebrating old gods and druids. This was also a night of rituals to ward off evil spirits that wandered the earth, and that was celebrated by German and Celtic communities. Also, I know there's always talk about at Christmas time, if you're a person of faith or even a person that's adamant about not having faith, you know, these rituals, these celebrations, is it dated pre-Christianity? Is it a Christian thing? Um, there's a lot that that we celebrate today. Anybody of the Christian faith that it was mirrored or taken away from pagan holidays. And there's multiples. This is a very short list. Like we could go on and on for hours about this. 
but Christmas stockings, Christmas caroling, decking the halls with holly, decorating Christmas trees, all of that comes from pagan traditions and pagan celebrations. And one of the big ones I want to talk about, because I feel like love is such a beautiful thing and it's so... It's just organic and it's natural and it's just lovely. And one of my favorite traditions for Christmas time is, of course, kissing under the mistletoe. So wouldn't you like to know wonderful things about the mistletoe? Like I stated a while ago, in the Roman world, they celebrated this um, god Saturn. Mistletoe honored the god Saturn and to keep Saturn happy, they would perform fertility rituals under sprigs of mistletoe. And that is exactly how it sounds. People would fuck under the mistletoe. And honestly, sounds like a good time. But these days, we're just kissing. And that's okay too. Because kissing is love and love is love. And it's just a beautiful thing. So what are your favorite pagan slash Christian celebrated holidays and celebrations? You know, I can remember as a child, and it's still one of my favorite memories. I'm from the Bible Belt. I'm from the South. I grew up in a Southern Baptist home, went to a Southern Baptist church all my life. Um, today, I have issues with the church, but I do have faith. I'm more spiritual than anything, but I am respectful and open up to any and all and everyone. So I will never judge or offend anyone on purpose. But one of my favorite memories as a child, me and my sisters, every Christmas Eve would sit on the couch and our dad would read the birth of Jesus to us. And that is something that I hold as a dear, dear memory from my dad. And now I celebrate as an adult Christmas. I celebrate Santa Claus with my little monsters and it is a wonderful time of year. We love doing our tree. We love shopping. We love taking pictures with Santa. We love, you know, sightseeing Christmas lights, vacation during Christmas. But it is so nice just to kind of escape it all as well. So I do hope everyone has a lovely Christmas. If you want to reach out to me, comment, send me anything, hit me at Spooky Mama Podcast on Instagram. And I hope everyone has a lovely and wonderful Merry Christmas. I love you all. Stay spookies, babies.